All right. Cheers, buddy. Let's cheers. What's going on? Uh, we got a new episode of the Whiskey and History podcast. I am your host, and today I have one of my special guests, uh, one of my good buddies, uh, Devin Cooperwriter. Welcome to the show, Devin. Thank you. What's going on? Nothing much. Uh, we're just sitting here, just enjoying uh, one of our favorite beverages. <laughs> We've uh, only had a couple times in our lives. Just a little bit. <laughs> it's a uh, Crown Royal Apple. It's by far, I think it's my favorite Crown Royal. I don't know about you, Devin, but I just love it. Yeah, you can't get any better than that. That and the, car- the caramel, caramel. Yeah, that, that's pretty good, too. The salt and, salt and caramel or caramel or whatever mm-hmm. the hell it is. That's pretty good, too. So um, so let's talk about yourself a little bit, Devin. So let's uh, hear about your background and what you do and you know what you were, where you went to school and grew up and all that stuff. All right. Well, um, I was born, uh, of course, November 1994, a week and a half before Zach, so I held that <laughs> distinction. Um, but uh, grew up in Verdon, uh, Verdon, Illinois, just south of Springfield, for those who don't know. Um, attended school uh, from Verdon uh, basically until I was about a sophomore in high school. Uh, that's when it switched to North Mac, same thing, yeah. consolidated with Gerard. Um, and then I transferred up to Sacred Heart Griffin here in uh, Springfield. Uh, from there, uh, graduated 2013, went to UIS, uh, went to UIS, started there, uh, decided to go into criminal justice. Uh, <laughs> I did not know that. Yes, that was my first. Uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I literally didn't want to know what I wanted to do with my life. We've all been there. Everybody, oh, man. The, for those listening that are about to enter college Hey, if you don't know, you don't know. Uh, uh, clearly, I didn't know. Uh, first semester, uh, well, first half, uh, yeah, first quarter, first semester, first semester. Um, didn't do too well. Uh, GPA was a little low. Uh, mess- I just didn't really take school too seriously. Uh, just went to my academic advisor, and she basically sat me down. was just like, do you have any backup plans uh, just in case college, you know, uh, grades and I don't blame her looking back, you know, it's <laughs> scary when you have that low of a GPA. And so, uh, we were going over the list of different degrees and, uh, I was like history and yeah, I've always loved history growing up, just museums, all that. And, uh, she was just like, Oh, you looking to be a professor? I'm like, or a teacher. I'm like, I mean, I'm sure you've heard that too. Plenty oh, of times history degrees, man. Yeah. Um, so I just, I was like, actually, no, I, I think you'd just be working with history, working in a museum setting. Like, that's literally what I told her. I'm like, okay. She's like, okay. Um, you might need to go a little step higher than that. And I'm like, eh, maybe <laughs> we'll think about it. Yeah. Uh, I just need to get through this. So, uh, got my grades back together. Uh, uh, prereqs always suck. Yeah, that, that's the that's literally the worst part about college, dude. And I know why you have to take them. I get it, but prereqs. Uh, again, if if I had any advice to people, just knock those out. Do your best, but at the same time, just realize once you get into the classes that you actually care for, it's smooth sailing. You know what I mean? When you're doing stuff that you enjoy. Um. So like, yeah, I feel like the first two years of college is always like the toughest part because like everyone's trying to figure out what they want to do 
or, you know, trying to get to their, or they already know what they want to do, but get to their actual major. You know, like you said, you have to do all those stupid math classes, science, all that. Right. Just, like if you love math, I'll go, all props <laughs> to you, but look, I, I'm no way, shape or form a mathematician. Yeah. I, I never claim to be. I can barely add. So, right. <laughs> so, um, from there, man, I just, uh, I, Right around the time I chose that is when you and I met. We had the sports history class with Dr. Owen. Shout out to Dr. Owen. Yeah, that class uh, was awesome. That was the chillest class, man. I remember just just uh, just coming in and just being able to talk about sports. And that's what really, um, I guess, set the foundation for, I was like, you know what? This is history. This is where I want to go pursue history. Um, I uh, From there, man, I uh, took classes here and there uh got familiar with uh dr hunter with the museums and monuments natural history and with natural history or museums i I think you had monuments that either way history something with history sorry dr hunter um uh (laughs) but that was that's where we furthered that oh man that was being able to experience that and then uh yeah that's when around the time i was working on campus I reached out to uh, that I was getting closer to graduation. Um, and so, of course, you have to buckle down, get ready to see, like, what are you going to do after that, right? Yeah. Um, sent a volunteer application to the museum, uh, Abraham Lincoln Presidential Museum. And uh, I was talking to a contact there, and uh, a position was going to open up. So I was like, okay, like, I'm just going to apply for it got the job at the museum so uh just uh being able to work with that was just fantastic yeah like that i've always wanted to really like kind of work there i'm kind of jealous of you honestly i know that that was your like real first history job and uh explain like what you did there and what are some of the awesome experiences that you got to have like in this amazing museum because it is so cool oh it's Dude, it's I if I could consider that like a home feeling every day going in there, just uh, it was fantastic. Uh, and just before I get into it, you know, uh, I guess a good theme since your history as well. Um, you of course got your master's, but the whenever you're taking classes in history or people tell you tell people that you're learning in history. Never let someone tell you that it's a useless degree, right? I think that's a good theme to take away from anything. Uh, You know, growing up, not really growing up, but once I decided to do that, oh, you're going to be a teacher. No, I don't want to teach. I just want to work with history. Well, work in a museum, they don't pay that much. I don't care. You know, I want to work with history. I want to work in history. And so uh, back to the museum, uh, I worked in the volunteer department. Uh, I was a volunteer services coordinator. Uh, I was contra- I was a, just a contract at that point. Um, they didn't have a full-time state worker to fill that position, so they put out contracts, and I got the contract. I uh, worked there for um, from January 2018, um, I believe, until March 2019. Uh, basically, uh, around, I would say, close to 600 volunteers. I was, I and uh, one other, my manager... Jeremy, uh, shout out to Jeremy as well. Um, he, uh, basically we were in charge of, uh, scheduling, um, orientations of all those volunteers. Um, it was fantastic, uh, being able to different shifts, different schedules. Um, 
but being able to, you know, when when you hear you're close, like when I first heard that number close to 600 volunteers, I had my jaw dropped. I was like, what? And seeing Jeremy um, being able to identify each and every volunteer, I was like, how? But then you start working and then you start realizing that that that's where I found my true passion. Um, not only history, but I was like working with volunteers or volunteer management would be fantastic. Um, that, uh, the contract was nearing its end. Um, unfortunately, uh, they were, uh, going to end the contract, but put a state worker there. And, uh, I knew it, uh, I was warned about it, you know? And so there's nothing, you know, I I had no harsh feelings about it. You, once you work in those sort of fields, you, and under a contract, you know, at any time they can nix that contract. Right. Um, so, uh, luck, luckily I was able to find, uh, position at the Lincoln Home, Lincoln Home National Historic Site. Um, and from there, just fantastic. Yeah, so how, so going from the museum to Abraham Lincoln's historic home in Springfield, how was that jump? Was it very similar, you know, in things you did, or was it a completely different experience, you know, because now you're from, you know, inside a museum, now you're outside, like, you know, and you're because uh, Lincoln Historic Sites is this like block where he grew up, just like yeah, just like a four block in, neighborhood, yeah. yeah, where he lived in Springfield. So how how was that transition? The transit transition, um, kind of scary, but also I I was confident, uh, very confident, and being able to go from you know, uh, so the position I took there was uh, community volunteer ambassadors through, um, it was like a partnership with the uh, national. Uh, National Park Service, uh, the partnership, um, if I'm messing that up, sorry. Uh, but yeah, it was basically a program, an intern, a sort of like an internship. Yeah. Uh, they'd pay you um, to basically uh, help bring people to the park, uh, how to make the park better, you know, just small things. But uh, it was a good way for people to get into the National Park Service. Uh, going there, uh, I was um, the volunteer services coordinator. I'd work in the volunteer department. Uh, the volunteer service coordinator of that department was leaving uh, as I was uh, coming aboard. So about a month or two in, he left. And uh, my manager uh, basically, um, you know, without you know saying you are now in charge or you are, basically I was used as sort of like a placeholder. Mm-hmm. Um, they had somebody that they were hiring. Uh, she wasn't going to be there until later, uh, about a month or two after. Excuse me. Um, so I went ahead and I would schedule, uh, not so much schedule, but like uh, that was mostly the lead ranger, but being able to work with them, scheduling the volunteers, um, working everyday needs, visiting schools uh, with another ranger to basically help per- promote um, the Lincoln Home National Historic Site. So you would go to these different, like what, like middle schools, high schools? Um, Butler. Butler? Uh, Butler School. Elementary School. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we we would go there and it was only, I believe it was a few weeks or it was, it was a month long. It was every, it was one day every week for like four weeks. Um, and then it amassed into this, like I, uh, we would, we helped bring them to the park. Uh, they would essentially... Um, look at different things, explore different things of uh, the time period, 
um, on top of to jump to another thing uh, to uh, the Lincoln home, I would actually give tours of the Lincoln home. And that was uh, incredible uh, being able to, you know, most people are lucky uh, if you're not out, if you're outside of Springfield, most people are lucky to visit that home at least once in their lifetime. I was in there every day for at least 10 times a day. And which is just super cool. Mm-hmm. You know, you get to see Lincoln's actual house that he grew up in, or right. not really grew up in, but bought in Springfield. And I think what they ended up adding on to it later in his life, mm-hmm. I, I know it was just originally a one-story home, and now it's actually right. a two-story. Right. Yeah, they added that on later on. But basically, um, how it was explained and how I'd explain it to the tourists, uh, once the money grew, the house grew, right? Yeah. So... Um, I'm everybody in Springfield knows, but if those listening outside, uh, Lincoln was not the wealthiest man his yeah. whole life. Right. Yeah. Um, very poor growing up, uh, going from place to place, uh, finally settled in Illinois, uh, new Salem when he came to Springfield, barely uh, not much money at all. Right. Yeah. Uh, so being able to get that house, um, and then adding on to it, uh, was just, remarkable in of itself he started making money once he became a lawyer right that's that's when he started getting oh, yeah. the bankroll going him and herndon uh the law office downtown springfield yes. you know being able to uh base you know grow his wealth grow his um name and essentially becoming so compared to the um, museum how many volunteers were at the lincoln home compared there weren't as many um they're uh, active at that time, I want to say there was around 60 to 70, um, and that was, uh, that was once that I saw that number, I was like, oh, that's, that's, that's great, because now you can build a better, I mean, not to say you can't build a, a close relationship there, but being able to um, further, most of them worked, I mean, uh, volunteered at the museum too. So oh, really? that being, yeah. A, yeah, being able to just walk in and be like, Oh, I know them that comfortability, um, and that trust in uh, both ways, uh, being able to know that, okay, I can rely on them. They can rely on me. And, uh, you know, that old saying, you know, not really old saying, but I was, it was sort of explained to me, you know, volunteers you, you know the volunteers don't work for you you work for the volunteers once you're in that position and it's so true and it's so remarkable the relationships you build with them so props and shout outs to every single volunteer not just at the museum the lincoln home but volunteers everywhere man that's it's incredible yeah so what, who usually volunteers is it usually older folks or is it young is it a mix of both or? it's a it's um mostly retired but you know you get a mix of good like um you know, kids college, uh, you know, if they have to fulfill some sort of service or uh, just like you, uh, yeah. I, was, I, I was grateful that you uh, came on board for um, a while there, uh, being able to, volunteer, you know, just something to do, especially on a weekend if you're not yeah. doing anything. So, yeah. And it's pretty cool because you get to basically go to these historic sites for free mm-hmm. and then you get to actually talk about it like you're kind of your own mini tour guide as well in some, right. some areas you know which mm-hmm. i thought was really cool at the lincoln museum i remember it's kind of like in the main uh, hall there when you come in the plaza the yeah. plaza yes and i remember i was giving kind of a history lesson to a couple people from i think wisconsin and then you know it's pretty cool because they're like you know what 
what's good places to eat here? And like, right. Oh yeah, I, you know, I get to give people. I love to eat, <laughs> <laughs> and so like I tell everyone all the good local restaurants and where to get a good drink and all right. that fun stuff. So I know that's kind of cool. It's not history related, but no, you know. it's it. But in a way, it is history related because as as we both know, downtown Springfield. You step outside any building in downtown Springfield, you're walking in history. That is true. right. You're is true. you're walking. Uh, whether it's going from the museum to the Lincoln home, uh, to the Lincoln home, back to the Lincoln Herndon uh, Law Office, to the old state capitol, you're walking in history. You're you're walking where Lincoln walked, right? Yeah. And so being able to uh, just explain that. And, you know, most people, when they go to the museum, they're like, oh, Abraham Lincoln, yada, yada. But, you know, it, it, it shocked me the amount of people that, you know, they hear about the Lincoln home being here or there. And it's like, oh, it's just couple blocks literally just you know like what seven blocks or something something small uh that way and then you're like they're like wait what and lincoln home free tours for anybody who would want to do that you just walk in you have to have a ticket but you just walk in and just being able to <coughs> experience you know where lincoln was and i agree and i think you have a good perspective on that and the challenging thing is when you like us that have grew up here our whole lives you kind of get comfortable with Lincoln because mm-hmm. it's talked about so much. But when you're in these places and you get people from not Springfield that come to actually visit this from uh, many states away, they're like blown away. Like they are like in heaven sometimes when they come here. Oh man. And just the amount crazy. of people that, you know, the museum and the Lincoln home alike, you know, you know they're for there for a time, I would say before college or maybe even during college, you get, it's a good, I guess, a phrase, you know, Lincoln out, you know, you, you're taught growing up in school, you know, it was almost like a, uh, oh, we don't have anything on the, let's talk about Lincoln or something, you know, it's just yeah. like, it, and it's incredible, but at the same time, you, you know, we, we take it for granted, right? We, yeah. we take it for, we take it, you know, and there's like, ah, yeah, I'm sitting where Lincoln probably could have sat or yeah. walked or Lincoln, but it's always refreshing to have those people that walk up and, uh, you know, you see people, uh, especially walking when you're, when I was walking from my office to go visit the volunteers or to go check in on them or just go for a walk around the museum. Right. And seeing the amount of people with either tears in their eyes or, uh, you know, asking so many questions or stopping you to ask you a question like what is this or the, you know, and feeling the impact that Lincoln had, it's like, okay, that's refreshing. I know uh, at the Lincoln home so many times and so many, you know, after a little bit, maybe during the day, you know, you're in that home going up and down the steps, up and down the steps, giving the tour here, giving a tour there. But then you get to, it's refreshing to see those people during the, at the end of the day that visited the museum, they came to the Lincoln home and then they're like, wow, like, you know, uh, you know, you can't, you can't really, uh, step behind the, the, um, the railing and, you know, feel what, or, or touch the items that he touched, but being able to see that. And for those people, just that emotion, you know, that I remember the first time I gave a tour, I was, I was nervous. I was very nervous. I was very tense, but stepping into that home and then just being like, Oh, wow, I I got. I mean, yeah. It's essentially, we're trained our whole life to talk about Lincoln, you yeah. know, being in this area. So that was pretty cool. When, when you're uh, 
trained to give these tours of the Lincoln home? Is there certain things you can't say or do? Or is it like you have to talk about the same thing every time? Like you kind of have like a, kind of like, I don't know, like a script you have to follow a little bit of ways? So there, I wouldn't say that there's a sort of like a set script. It, okay. You know, um, you're walking in, uh, you make, everybody had their own tour, right? So with me, I wanted to make it as cool information packed, but I also want to bring humor into it. Right. Yeah. Um, some people were more serious, some, you know, and that's just the nature of the game, but you know, you don't, you of course want to shy away from, you wanted to shy away from, you know, maybe things that weren't fact or, yeah. uh, the, the question I got all the time was, was the Lincoln home haunted? And that was, uh, you Is know, it? if I, right. The, the thing, so the, there was a, there was a tour group one time and it had this, uh, this lady was like, you know, I, I feel something in here. And I was like, well, if that feeling gets any more, let me know. Cause I'm out. <laughs> I, I, I always told people they're like, it's the, and you know, beforehand they're like, is, is it haunted? I'm like, you know, that's, it's, you know, up for interpretation. Uh, I, I, I always tell people, you know, if I see a ghost or you see a ghost, it doesn't matter. I'm beating you out of that house. So I'm, <laughs> no matter what I am running, I'm gone. Uh, but no, all jokes aside, it was, it's not a certain script, but you know, you're in the same path, you're going the same route. So you hit on key points per room. Yeah. That's kind of shocking that that many people are, fascinated if the house is haunted or not. Like, oh, do they think man. he died in the house? I mean, I don't understand. Right. It's just, you know, and I find you that know, very fascinating. Yeah, it and to to get to be fair, uh, you know, as we know, a child did pass away in that home, right? Eddie. Oh yeah. Uh, for, in the front in that front parlor. I do forget about that. Right. So, you know, to their point, you know, it's like, oh, you know, uh one of the one of the elements you know when you're in the parlor if when you go into that house on the left that first room you know, people are like well, you know a, a child passed away and yeah right you know and pointed and uh, i was actually trying to remember my script but i i can't like my own tour but i i can't like what well, maybe if i was in maybe if i was in the home i could it would yeah. come back to me but it's it's been a few years oh man it's been a while been a while and of course with covid that that didn't make anything yeah that made everything a lot more fun right yeah but uh so did you when you uh were at the museum did you ever have anyone ever ask you anything kind of crazy if this place was haunted or anything like that or not so much haunted um it I didn't think I ever got anything out of the ordinary that would have uh, qualified as like a, are you serious? Um, mm -hmm. Most of the people, um, most of the people who have the questions going into that museum, get them answered. I get them answered as they're in the museum, right? Cause yeah. it's, it's, it's packed as we know um, yeah. with information. Uh, yeah. I don't, I, nothing really comes to mind in terms of crazy questions. Yeah, uh, from there. And you didn't really. You just what made sure the volunteers were working at the museum. You didn't really go around doing tours there. I if if somebody asked me a question, I'd stop and answer. Uh, volunteers came up to me and asked me. Um, it's the museum's very free flowing. It's a self guided tour, so yeah. you get you get um, you pay, you go in, you uh, you're there's two different routes to take. Whether you want to go to the childhood before the pre White House, or you want to go to the White House years. 
and go through there. Uh, so there's two different, uh, and then there, of course, the movies, the films. Um, but yeah, it's it, most most people generally, uh, if they have a question, it's mostly about like, can you go further into this story or that story? And that's that's when I would mostly be like, hey, uh, if if you need me here, but hey, all those all those questions, you know, feel free if you don't want to hear me talk, feel free to go. Um, feel free to walk around and. Yeah. I know you made some really close relationships with a lot of these volunteers. Right. Yes. And, and uh, can you go into that some? It's it's almost it's I keep finding the words. It's it's rewarding. Very rewarding working at the museum. Um, when I uh, earlier I said it was like a home feeling. There wasn't a day that I went in there. Um, and was happy or I wasn't happy. Sorry. Uh, there wasn't a day that when I went in there and I was, I was like, I'd go inside and just be upset throughout the day. Right. Immediately. If I had something, if I went to work, if I had uh, a good example, I had a cat that died the morning, um, right before I went into work. And so going in there and just, of course, I'm just distraught and upset immediately volunteer like hey Devin how are you doing instantly just that sort of just you know um the hardest part of course was when volunteers passed and that was that's never easy never easy on anybody um uh, of course you know naturally you build friendships you build relationships and uh yeah rewarding it was the best best word for it you know going in there and uh even seeing them outside you know they may not recognize me but being able to see see them and being like i'm i i felt like i was i was there for them right and and they were there for us whenever they needed and you know they could have went home and you know after their shift but the fact that they're thinking of us and that we're thinking you know you never would think that coming especially for me coming out of college that I could build you now young um being able to make an like have a volunteers make an impact on my life like it did I I was I was anticipating that they would but I never in a million years would I have ever ever thought that I would be uh just you know constantly in contact with however many volunteers I can uh whether seeing them outside of uh the office or uh, talking to them outside, um, still, even though I'm gone from there, still being able to maintain some of these friendships is rewarding. And so at the Lincoln home, you ended up, so what happened with, uh, working at the Lincoln home? So the Lincoln home, uh, I went, uh, I was going to be, you know, it, 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 it got stressful at times. Um, I was, and you know, it, it, they say pays not everything, but you know, I was still, I was still living with my parents, you know, and as you know, too, it's just, it, once you get to a certain point and you're, you're a certain age, it's like, you know, it's beneficial. It's, you know, it's, you're benefiting from it, but it's also like, it's not ideal. Right. And I realized, you know, I, I need to start looking. And, um, that's when the, uh, my current employment, the Illinois State Treasurer's Office, uh, they had an opening, uh, thanks to, uh, you told me about it, <laughs> thankfully, um, and uh, applied for it, got the job, and uh, I'm... So what, do you, so what do you do there? So, because I know 
uh, kind of relates to history in a way. So. Right. Uh, so being able to, uh, so I work in unclaimed property, so safe deposit boxes across the, uh, the state that are abandoned um, or um, things like that nature. They get declared to the state, state takes them. Um, and then, uh, so being able, I mean, that's history in of itself. I can't go into detail, of yeah. course, yeah. Um, but uh, being able to uh, handle these things that people keep in their boxes, you know, mm-hmm. Um, I can only imagine the cool stuff that you find. Right. And, you know, and, and it's, it, it's so cool and it's so rewarding. Um, and that just, again, going back to history, uh, never let someone, for those going into history or um, those unsure about what they want to do, just never let anybody tell you that you're not like, oh, you're not going to be a teacher. Well, it's going to be difficult for you to do this or that. Like, no, it's, it's really not because – I I can I can now put throw down a piece of paper that says I have worked here here and here all dealing with not necessarily history um, museum and Lincoln Home but and uh, that's of course history but the uh, where I work now it's not technically you know it's history is not yeah. uh, but being able to handle uh, history um, regardless of what it is is just so. Is so fascinating. Yeah, and that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And that's where you currently work, and I know you really like it there. Oh, yeah. And I know that, um, you know, you would love to go back to possibly working, you know, at the Lincoln Museum or anywhere like that eventually. Right. It's and, it's a dream. Um, full-time that, employment there uh, at the museum would be a dream. Uh, not saying that I hate it where I'm at, yeah. uh, but that was that, you know, going into work. And not saying I don't have those days where I work now, but... Um, going to the museum is just, it's Lincoln. It's, it's, it's history uh, of itself. It's, it's just incredible. It's awesome. And what do you think is like the most important aspect of history in our community? I think, well, I think to, in order to answer that question, I got to go back. Right. Um, You know, there's that, you know, Though you got to you got to learn history in order to not repeat it. Well, you got uh, some people have to teach it, uh, but either way, history has to be taught so that it doesn't repeat itself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, going back, uh, I remember Holocaust, like the Holocaust. You know, I believe it was an Illinois. I believe it still is an Illinois mandate that uh, like you, it's to be taught, yeah, um, in schools. And uh, that right then and there, um, when I, I believe I was sixth or seventh, no, seventh or eighth grade, one of the two, um, vi- going to from there to n- then visiting uh, Washington, D.C., visiting the uh, Lincoln Memorial, you know, all those different uh, standing where Martin Luther King Jr. stood to give uh, the I Have, I have a, dream. a Dream speech. Yeah. Um to the the museums, the Holocaust Museum, the Smithsonian, further implemented this idea uh, and this feeling in my in my heart that this is that's what I need to do, right? You know, when you go into the Holocaust Museum, you're handed and I don't know if they still do this, but I would like to think they do. I'm pretty sure they do. They give you this card with a person, and you don't find out what you, you basically learn, like find out what happened to them at the end and being able to go through, I mean, being going through there, uh, I think that was one of the first museums. And I was so still so young that actually made me tear up. It made me uh, almost cry 
I believe I cried afterwards, but be just, you know, you're, you're, you, you feel like you have a purpose at that point to be able to be like, okay, you know, this was really messed up. I'm going to, I mean, I may, my impact may be small, but if I can teach or if I can tell people about this event more and be able to help prevent anything like this ever happening again, um, I think it's, you know, it's, it's great. So in terms of history, the impact of history in the community, being able to relate history to tell stories about how, like, you know, if this path isn't corrected, if this isn't changed, this is where we're leading. Right. And, uh, I to tell another quick story. Um, sun, sun studios, you know, whenever I was in Tennessee going through there, yeah. that was the most, that the tour guide being there and her telling us history. Um, I remember too, I, I remember, I don't remember her face, but I remember a lot of what she said, um, how she was saying how like, you know, the microphones behind the glass, they had to put glass there because originally when they were first opening up for tours, people would go up and like lick the microphones because that's <laughs> where Elvis and Johnny Cash and all, you know, it's, you know, it's gross, but yeah, that's people back then, but fast forwarding to 2019 when I'm giving a tour, you know, I remember that tour guide, right? I remember that impact that she had on me history, like the, the impact of the knowledge that she taught me of that place. Fast forward to 2019, I had a little girl on one of my tours, uh, her and her mom. Uh, there was, a, I believe it wasn't a full tour group, but she, uh, she immediately, uh, you know, when, before the tour, you have to give, you know, you have to give the introduction, you give your introduction. My name's Devin. Um, uh, welcome to the Lincoln Home National Historic Site. Uh, did you give a little prereq on the house? Um, a bit, a little bit about Lincoln's time before, uh, while he's living here, but then you're like, okay, let, let's, you know, let's go up to the house. And I was telling the rules and the little girl, uh, was immediately like, she was just like, yeah, mom, we, we can't you do, do this, that going through the tour, you know, if uh, somebody was about to touch the wall or something, she'd be like, no, 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 don't touch the wall. And she didn't even know these people. All right. She would just, that, that's just the impact, right? We go up the stairs. She's telling people to stay on the carpet. Cause if you don't stay on the carpet, the late, late uh, alarm goes off. It's very loud, very annoying. Um, and so you're telling people, you know, stay on the carpet, stay on the carpet, you know, after the tour, um, she was running around, but her mom came up to me and she said, she was like, um, I don't know. Uh, she was like, I, she's too, she's too, uh, excited and running around, but she was like, uh, she wanted me to tell you that you were her favorite tour guide that she's ever had. And we've been all over, uh, here and there. And I was just like, holy crap. I had sunglasses on. Thank God I did. I started tearing up, uh, Ranger, uh, next. He's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, no, I'm good, man. I'm good. Little girl came up. She wanted a picture. Uh, so my the mom, me, and the little girl all took a picture together, and just that impact of history, just that in that sort of instance. So history in the community, it needs to be taught not so much to prevent, but also just keep it going. Like history, people don't realize how important history really is, and I think nowadays people are starting to get it. Uh, history is becoming more and more of a, a, a talked about. A, t- a, talk, a topic of uh, conversation. So I think it's, I think it's great, like that, you know, it, the impacts that you've made that we've made yep. in 
doing that. That's just wonderful. And and I think that's just an incredible story that you just told about the little girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and and like you kept saying at the beginning of this podcast, you know, when you had that guidance counselor ask you, you know, do you want to be a teacher? Well, like a lot of people don't understand and like what people are like always taught when you go into history, you have to be a teacher, like in a classroom setting. Right. Really, when you look at you here, you were actually a teacher in a public setting. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's almost as important or even sometimes more important than being in the classroom. Right. Because, you know, here you are having a major impact on someone's life, like a little girl and explaining and showing, you know, these historic sites actually in person versus, you know, sitting in a classroom, you know, how kids are, it's cut, you, you know, you get lost in the shuffle versus physically being there. And you have someone like you with a good personality that gets people excited about history. Right. And so, yeah, like, you know, when you get the tour groups coming through, you know, you get people traveling from all across the country. Like you said, you volunteered, you know, somebody yep. from it's like Wisconsin, right? Yep. So you get the people that want to be there. You get the school groups that, you know, that's just a day out of class. We were yeah. there. We were yeah. that age, right? Yeah, we've all been there. We've all been there. But, you yeah. know, you get the, there's a difference between those tour groups. You know, you're trying to tell, teach them history. Most of the time, I wouldn't say most of the time, but a lot of the time they're trying to find where their friends are and talk and all that. But the, you get the tour groups and you get the kids that are there. You know, they might not be, um, they're of their own volition. You know, they're not there because they want to be there. There, maybe they were forced to by the parents. But regardless, being able to then all of a sudden look, you know, give the tour, and then they're focusing in on the room, or they're focusing in on the item I'm talking about, right then and there. You know, you you got it. You know, you you're getting that message across, right? Yep. You're getting the tour groups being able to just the people now they're going to go back. And the impact, just the small impact of you teaching or you um, helping uh, give a tour of this Lincoln home, they're going to go tell this person. They're going to go tell that person. Those people might want to visit. And so that history is just like a revolving circle. And being able to be a part of that or be a part of that small circle, it's just, it's so rewarding. It's awesome. Yeah, that that would be really a rewarding experience. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I just like... Like you, I absolutely love history. Right. And, you know, after I graduated with college, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm working with my family, but I still have a huge love for history. I can't get away from that. So right. I didn't know what to what I wanted to do. You know, I was like thinking about volunteering and all this. And I'm like, you know what? I'll do a podcast because I just love, you know, talking and like I can have, you know, you on here, all my friends, guests that mm-hmm. love history as well. And we can talk about these things and, you know, kind of, you know, get excited about it again. Cause you know, it's, I don't get that excitement anymore. You know, like I used to when you're in class and you're doing all these assignments all the time and you're focusing on these things, but. Isn't it crazy that assignments we like, we, uh, it was like, a, we had to write a five to seven page paper. We are you know, we're like, <sighs> yeah. But now looking back in that classroom, you know, those were those were the fun days, man, because you, like you said, we're able to talk about history and put history on paper. And, yeah. you know, then we go outside the classroom and it's just like nowadays, you know, we're going to work or going to this, going to that. And you, f- you almost forget that enjoyment for a little bit. Yeah, because uh, sometimes, you know, and you look, you know, at the time you're like, this is not fun. I don't want to do this. Why am I doing this? And then 
we do it and then we talk about it because you know you research some cool stuff mm-hmm. you know what i mean you right spend some time doing some digging that's what like you know with this podcast i'm digging and doing research again mm-hmm. like i'm in school you know besides having guests but right you know it's it's I kind of get that old thrill back. It's, nah, kind, of, it's, it's kind of weird. I don't it's know awesome. It, yeah. 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 It's, it's a fun, it's a fun experience, but uh, no, um, just hearing that those stories you've told are just absolutely awesome. Appreciate it. You know, you. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about? Devin? Um, I think a cool story. Um, it's a short one, uh, but just, a, you know, a cool piece of local history. Uh, the breakaway rim, like for basketball, was actually invented by a guy who lived in Verdon, like where I grew up. Yeah, I think that was so cool. I, I just wanted to share that little tip, uh, tidbit for all the sports fans out there. You know, it's it's you never know. I guess the reason why I'm telling that story for those out there, you know, looking for something to do if you're ever bored, go explore your town. Explore, exp- You know, we're lucky. We're we're really lucky living in Springfield, right? But yeah, even. Even in the smallest towns, you you never know what you know. You never know what's there, what was there. You know, go go out explore. Yeah, and I agree with that. Um, I think that's a very crucial thing because even like with Springfield, with all the Lincoln history, I like to tend a way to get away from it. I know now this is the second episode of this podcast where we talk about Lincoln, mm-hmm. which my goal is not to talk about Lincoln that much, <laughs> and I'm already failing. <laughs> not shocked, but. Um, the whole goal is to find there's so many cool stories throughout Springfield that are not revolved around Lincoln. There's so much history. I know um, recently me and you were just talking with like uh, with Netflix and everything with all these new documentaries constantly coming out, like the John Wayne Gacy oh, documentary. Yeah. And you were just telling me and I'm like, yeah, I knew this, that John Wayne Gacy actually lived in Springfield. Right. Yeah. And I, I was I was so shocked. I, I thought I heard that story, uh, those stories or something, but. I didn't realize that he lived so close. Not only like he like the house is actually still standing, surprisingly. Yes. And it's not too far away. It, it's actually in my neighborhood, which is very because <laughs> like when I first looked it up, I knew it was like somewhere in my neighborhood. And I'm like, if it's my house, I'm I'm moving out. Yeah. See ya. <laughs> see you later. Nope. But actually, it's not. It's few blocks away and there's people that still live in the house it's actually a little blue house now and i think it was blue back then um i looked him up in the uh, springfield newspaper archives and found out all about him and i think i want to do that as an episode later on on this podcast maybe for like halloween yeah let's get spooky and let's right. talk about when john wayne gacy lived in springfield he didn't really i know for a fact that wasn't anything like super exciting like with killing people which i mean we don't want that to be an exciting right you know thank god it didn't happen here to our knowledge Uh, yeah i was was (laughs) gonna say to our knowledge we i mean but it's something like that's just crazy to think that one of the most prolific and well-known uh prolific might not be the right word there but one of the most well-known serial serial killers of all time lived not too far <laughs> in, in our community like in our that, community that's mind freaking blowing like mm-hmm. that's the last place you would think right and it was back in the 70s so this is before he killed like started murdering people in the late or he started murdering people in the late 70s mm-hmm. no, it was actually early 60s or late 60s sorry I'm, yeah it, it, it dates it, man dates are not i have best. so many freaking historical dates like running through my brain all the time it's right you're forgiven you're forgiven yeah <laughs> but no i agree with you like um to um with my own family history i was going to do another episode as well with 
um, my great grandma, I think I, I was, I found some old tapes where my mom actually interviewed my great grandmother, her grandma. And she talks about coming over across the Atlantic, coming through Ellis Island in New York city. And I believe, um, I can't remember after we watch it, but she said she either, uh, settled her father was, or, or yeah, her father was already, I think, I think in Divernon or Verdon. I can't remember. I always get those two towns mm-hmm. uh, mixed up because they sound, you know, yep. so yeah, similar. similar yeah. But, you know, like, again, though, you have, you know, pay attention to this because it's like, you know, your family history, then, you, you know, it's kind of important. And then your community history as well, because it's like, here you have all these people coming from Europe. Where do they settle? Why do they settle in these small little towns outside of Springfield? Right. All that. You know, I think all that's very fascinating. Exactly. And so I agree. Like, you just never know. Like, uh, go down to your little library in your town and do some research or go to your school and ask. I mean, you know, Springfield's got so much. The The biggest thing that's not, in my opinion, not Lincoln related is the race riot in 1908 here. Mm-hmm. That is like insane that happened. Right. You know, and it's, and you never would, exp- you know, especially in Springfield, you, you don't, you never know what sort. So not only that, but in Vern, there was the coal mining uh, strikes and yeah. the, uh, you know, and so, you know, those sort of, you know, you never know, right. It, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, you live in a town of a hundred or you live in a town of a hundred thousand, you never know what exactly the history is unless you go out there and you, you, you take the time to learn, you know, and it sounds boring. It, and you know, not all history is going to be, you know, super exciting, super exciting. Right. Yeah. But you know, it's, it's still history and people need to learn, you know, and may, and you'll have a better respect for your community. Yeah. And I think you'll, you said you have a better respect, better understanding mm-hmm. of why your community even stands today. Right. All that stuff. I think it's just important. Right. But, uh, Thanks, Devin, for coming on. And I appreciate you asking me, man. I think we had a pretty good, solid episode. That here. was awesome. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, I'll have you on in the future. Not a problem. I hey, I'm it. available whenever, buddy. Yeah. All right, guys. Don't forget to uh, check out the social media. I'll put all the links in the description below. And yeah, thanks again, Devin. And I hope everyone has a wonderful day. Thanks for listening. Have a good one, guys.